Welcome to another episode of the Splitting Hairs Podcast, presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. In this episode, the Stax team sits down with former SIU quarterback and radio personality Stone Labanowitz to discuss tomorrow's semifinal matchup with Montana State. Splitting Hairs Podcasts are all presented by Drake's Place, Cottonwood Coffee, and are also sponsored by Dakota Iron Equipment, Shenanigans Pub, and Culver's of Brookings and Watertown. Here's your hosts, Kyle and Thomas. Welcome to the Splitting Hairs Podcast, presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm Kyle Sheehan. We got a special one here for you today. Obviously joined by Thomas Stacker. This is the Stacks on Sacks segment uh, brought to you live today. And for those who are just listening, it'll be a scheduled post for 5 p.m. Central Time. want to thank our sponsors, of course, Cottonwood Coffee and Bistro out of Brookings, South Dakota. Uh, for those of you who are coming and traveling from distance, make sure you get in, grab some food, great breakfast before the game. I believe it's 3 p.m. Central, right? Is that when it kicks off? All right, yeah. 3 p.m. Central on Saturday, ESPN2, because they still disrespect the FCS, but we won't <laughs> go there. Outside of that, got to give a shout-out to Drake's Place. Drake's Place in Battle, South Dakota. Hopefully they haven't been crushed by the blizzard like most folks in South Central, South Dakota have and really across that whole region. Um, so hoping for safe travels for everybody, but if you can, get to Drake's Place in Bodle, South Dakota, grab some grub from there. Um and say hello to Robert Drake, who's a, a great supporter of the podcast uh, for consecutive years. Fellas, what's up, man? Stone, thanks for thanks for joining us. How are you guys doing, Thomas? What's what's good? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I appreciate y'all having me on. Um, Twitter friends, you know, through and yeah. through, and I actually played against Big Stack. Um, glad to be a part of you guys' show. I posted the predictions yesterday on FCS Nation. I'm rooting for the Jacks. My money's on the Jacks. My chips are to the right the good guy side this time around. Right. So I'm glad I can chop it up with some hometown boys. Lovely, lovely, man. No, we appreciate you being on. Um, and Stone is a part of the FCS Nation, not Fans Nation, FCS Nation broadcast and coverage, working with Kevin out there. Um, and then he also works on the Ken Levicka show for ESPN. So out of West Palm, correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, a lot better weather right now than you guys got. Up there. Um, Debatable, right? Debatable. (laughs) Fullback weather. Fullback weather. Not quarterback weather, but fullback. That's facts. That's facts. It is fullback weather up there. But, yeah, um, down here with ESPN West Palm Beach. Been out of school for about a year. Um, Just like you, me and you chatted before the show, living the dream, man. Anything content related is where this freaking world is headed right now. So, if you're involved, you're doing the right things. And, yeah, we're on national television right now. And I say we, oh, my God, I just did that. We, as in the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. But uh, like it's said, okay. Pretty cool. We know. That's pretty cool. Slip right there. <laughs> it is. It is, actually. Yeah, I think so. But not glad to be a part of it, of course. Cool, man. How you doing, Thomas? So, man, you know me. I got I got a little week off of work, so I'm not coaching. I'm chilling up. I'm laid up in my girl house. Uh, trying to see how we're going to get to Brookings from up here. But we're going to find a way for sure. Uh, excited for the game. That's about it. Nice, nice. So we'll get into it. A uh, couple things here. So obviously this is a rematch of last year's game, Thomas, which you played in. Um, and then obviously Stone being a part of the Missouri Valley Conference for a long time um, and coming from the South where football really is religion and can because you're from your Florida boy, right? Yes, sir. Yes. So coming from Florida, you understand football. It's, it's like ingrained in you from a younger age. Um, and Thomas coming from the Chicago area, not not too dissimilar, but it is a bit different from the South. Now, when you're looking at the other game, let's touch on that a little bit. The Incarnate Word traveling to Fargo, squaring off tonight uh, in the Fargo Dome. What do you think the boys from the South are going to be able to do against that stiff competition in that environment? I think a lot. Um, I really do think a lot. And at this point, my, my opinion's been skewed, right? If, if, if it's anybody who's listening to FCS Nation, like I've just been riding this kid, Lindsey Scott, almost a little too weirdly, like a fanboy. But <laughs> I knew, I knew, I knew he was going to – this is not an FCS quarterback that we're going to watch tonight. Like if you haven't seen Lindsey Scott, you're about to watch a kid who was recruited to LSU, who was a television star in Last Chance U when he went to EMCC at junior college out there in Mississippi – and he knows his talent level, and he followed Cam doing incarnate word, Cam Ward now at Washington State. I think these guys are going to do a lot of damage. North Dakota State defensively, and I think this is the one key that I've harped on, plays a lot of cover four. 
So you'll get these low-hanging safeties a lot of them. Devise and use them as run support. That's a problem. That is a problem against an incarnate work team who likes to take their shots down the field. Not really, but often. Lindsey Scott on first and 10 and second and 10. Mark Leftwich, their quarterback coach and OC, knows how much confidence Lindsey has and puts that confidence in him. And Lindsey lets that things fly. So I'm worried about North Dakota State's secondary. We talk about, right, I, I, these Bison fans on Twitter, dear God, they're worse than you guys. They, uh, <laughs> they, keep talk, they, 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 they keep talking about the number fifth ranked pass defense in the country. I'll go down this North Dakota State schedule if I have to because Drake, North Carolina A and T, <laughs> Illinois State, know. Indiana, know. Indiana, Indiana State. I mean, this Youngstown State, Southern Illinois. Oops. I mean, we could do this all day long. <laughs> they have they have not seen a quarterback like Lindsey Scott. So those stats, right? If you want to harp on being the fifth ranked pass defense, you got another thing coming from you because it's not just Lindsey Scott. The skilled guys they got on the outside are real route runners. They basically took a bunch of FBS kid, threw him in an incarnate word, and DJ Kinney, who's now moving on to Texas State, has a squad in front of him. So minus all the run stuff that they're not going to be able to stop, that they got power, they're just not. Lindsey Scott's going to have to put them in a track meet. But I think North Dakota State's got problems. I pick incarnate yeah. word to win this game, and I think matchup-wise it's a problem. And you hit on so many good things, uh, and I definitely want to get your perspective from, from a defensive guy as well, Stacks. I, I think you hit on so many things. First and foremost, the Missouri Valley has not seen a quarterback like Lindsey Scott Jr., really. Like, I mean, and, and the closest would be Mark, and Mark is not the type of passer that he is. I mean, Mark is probably uh, the best quarterback from an unbiased perspective, just looking at, like, his versatility right now. Because I would say there was a down year in the Missouri Valley from quarterback play. I just would blanket statement, right? Um I think that's the biggest gap on the Bison roster, and that's not taking a shot at Cam, but he he he's a bit inconsistent, struggling to make those big plays. Where in years past he's been able to kind of leverage the pieces around him to really you know make it go right. So I think if the Bison are going to win, um, I think it's going to have something to do with that ball control and leveraging an atmosphere that may be down. I'm not I'm not so sure that tonight it's going to be the twenty thousand that we've seen. In years past, you know, like uh, we're kind of sick of hearing, you know, championship fatigue, everybody else, because like, you know, that's that's a weird concept. Um, but they they seem to ride that as if that's a real thing. And so maybe that'll work to their detriment tonight playing a, an opponent, an opponent that does not match up well. And speaking of matching up well, Thomas, what what was it like playing quarterbacks in the Missouri Valley last year and then seeing Tommy Malott, which we did not have a lot of game film on him and then going up against him and seeing kind of, you know, QB power and, and different, different, uh, different offensive line schemes like train and, and counter all that stuff. I'd say throughout my career, like, you know, uh, Tommy's a great player. I think, like, I, I think he's a beast. Like when it comes to run the ball, um, I compare him to someone like Easton stick. Yeah. Right? Like quarterback exactly. power, like physical runner, like, Obviously, I think Easton Stick has like a better arm than him, but you know yeah. that's that's also Easton Stick is also in the league, and he had a lot more years on him by the time I saw him. But I mean, I think you know, there's just so many different quarterbacks. Like the way guys play, like you know, like a a Cam. I don't think he's a, as much of a physical runner, but when we play, you know, Stone and the guys, like he's very elusive, hard to get down. Um, but I think you know they play to their strength really well, and. Um, you know, when you go all year and you're kind of like, all right, like, what are we going to get? Like, you're not expecting, like, okay, true freshman body quarterback power, and he's going to run and say, do yeah. something about it, right? But, I mean, I watched some film on that game and, you know, went back and watched it, even though it still hurt to watch. Um, you know, I'd say they also played, like, some great defense on their end as well. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I think the game was, like, 17-17 going to the fourth. Um, they made plays. Some of our guys didn't make plays. I mean, that's a lot of what football's about. Like Tommy, I think um, in terms of like quarterback threat from uh, what could possibly happen, right, and kind of going off of what happened last week, I think Sluka did pretty much all he could do. Like that is as much as, you know, as an athletic quarterback who kind of does not have the guys he could throw to, like that is as much possible as you could do, right? Like there's not much more he could have done to win that game. And, uh, I mean, if the Jacks, which I do believe they're going to win, they're going to have to 
be fighting in the trenches, essentially. Right, because Montana State, again, has a great defensive line. I think their two interior guys are really good. I mean, last year they had a guys on the Rams now. I mean, obviously, their linebacker who was – Troy Anderson? Yeah. Yeah, he, Troy he, Anderson he, could run like a damn gazelle. And, and just his length just created so many matchup problems, especially out in space. Um, and I, coincidentally, Tucker went off, which, which when you have linebackers of length like Troy Anderson, I mean – Stone, you talk about it as a quarterback. You might not necessarily be looking to, to check it down to a tight end in those scenarios. Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe when you got a Tucker Craft, you look for him anyway, which would be nice to maybe check on him some more this week. Or a Zach Hines shit. I mean, he's six seven. He pre- pre- presents more length problems and supposedly has the best hands on the team or, or one of them. So I think, you know, like you said, Thomas, looking back at that game too, we had a lot of 50-50 balls we just did not win. I mean, that's that's a tough situation. Um, they made some plays when we just didn't rise up and make them. We had some dumb penalties that that we've cleaned up this year. We, we, we seem to be less uh, penalized from a um, over aggressive standpoint and more so like environment environment standpoint, young guys standpoint. We've had some false starts, ridiculous false starts that need to get cleaned up. But obviously we've we've continued to progress and not peak early but start to peak here late. And, you know, there was a great little uh, teaser put out by a local, uh, local broadcaster, Tanner, um, down in Sioux Falls for South Dakota. And he said that the Jacks have really done everything they set their sights on this year. Win a number one overall seed, win the conference, play in the semis at home for a chance to go to Frisco, do all the little things to, to set yourself up. And so I think in Unde- this undefeated, Undefeated, undefeated in the FCS. Undefeated in the FCS. That that's hard as shit to do, especially in the Missouri Valley, right? Um, and and I think even people say that the Missouri Valley may be down this year. I'm not so sure. I mean, they thought the CAA, according to according to the committee, was the best, and they got yeah, they got taken to the woodshed, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, so I don't just, really uh, want to hear any more of this CAA garbage. Um, it's really Missouri Valley and Big Sky if we're if we're being serious. So, and I look. I'm not no hater, bro. But you can't like Montana State's a good football team, right? Oh yeah. But I don't make that. I, I don't want to buy into the hype of their whole conference now. Like, now we talked about Sac. You know that Sac. We don't know. You already know how I felt about Sac State, man. They've been they've been faking it all year, faking it till they make it. I think Montana State's legit, right? Montana's all right. They can't stop. They got power, but that's okay. That's right. I mean. The, the issue, though, I think is, uh, you know, when you look at the Southland, it's the Southland. There's no D played, right? We're going to bring that back. There's no D played. I got to drop that D because it's non-existent. And it was non-existent not bad. last week, right? Um, and so I just think that if you, you just can't let the Bison, if we're talking about the other uh, semifinals game, you just can't let the Bison control the clock and have so much time of possession that they that they get you in quick three and outs on the other side of the ball too. So I think if if anything's going to happen, it'll be that. And maybe the Bison can get into uh, some special. They, maybe they can leverage special teams. I'm not so sure, um, but it'll be interesting. I think I think Stone. I, I want to press you on this because it was said. I think it was said maybe before the Jacks went on this 12-0 run. But I think you said something to the effect marks a three out of ten quarterback. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? That that's terrible context right there. And I will. <laughs> It was, it was, it was, I will, it was in the midst of the Holy Cross game. I don't know. I think at at the time he had like 12 attempts at some point in the third quarter. And I don't know what somebody had said to me um, on Twitter, but I said, let's just rip the bandaid off and say that right now his dropback ability is a three out of 10. Like his, he ended that game with 22 pass attempts, which is normal for Mark and not normal for any of the other quarterbacks besides Lindsay. Um, in the semifinals, but at drop back ability, a lot of the things that South Dakota State does is RPO based, getting yeah. Mark on the move, right? It's always these next level progressions for Mark, and it's a lot of half field stuff. And and this is me, I may be false claiming, but this is me breaking down enough film or, or just kind of knowing what I'm seeing. A lot of the stuff is man stuff and zone stuff. So Mark is told, right, if you get man coverage, we're going left. We're working this concept over here. If you get zone, we're working this side over here. And this is what we're typically doing. Not a lot of the time are you watching Mark take a three-step drop, take a five-step drop, going left, that's not there. 
He's not there. This safety came down. Boom, boom, boom. Got to get to my check down fifth read. A lot of it's not progression-based for Coach Stig in, in, in the South Dakota State offense. So drawback ability, like if you're getting South Dakota State in a third and 12, like that play call sheet is not as big as it is for Incarnate Word. And that's, that's not a knock necessarily against Mark. He hasn't had to do that. Like it's just something that let's just play to our strengths. And when it's third and four and they think here comes power, here comes some sort of zone read, that's when you see Mark pull that ball, watch that safety run the alley, and bangs Yankee on the slant underneath for that to go up 21 against Holy Cross. That's the RPO stuff. That's his comfortable. That's his strength. If we're talking about an RPO quarterback, Mark's a 10 out of 10. If we're talking about uh, play action passer, Mark's a 10 out of 10. But pure drawback ability, it's just not something that's in the South Dakota State offense. And for the most part, they tried to implement it with Oladokun, and it, I can't say it was all that successful. He was – but that's what I meant, like drop-back ability, like third and ten. Hey, we're dropping back right here, and you got to go through your progression. There's just not much of that on South Dakota State's offense. No, there's not. And at the, at the same time, no offense in the nation is really set up to be in a third and 12 situation and have a, a great play on the call sheet. That's just not how football works. So for sure, I mean, that's the only that's the only thing I, w- I would press you on there. But everything else I would say is 100 percent accurate. Now, a three out of 10, I, I guess I just don't I don't know if you were talking about what his what his stat line was at that current juncture. But he's, he's not a 30 percent quarterback, especially when production wise, you look at what he can do with his legs what he can do through the air and how he wins and protects the football. So that's not three out of 10. I mean, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I hundred percent respect you, you saying that, but I don't necessarily mean three out of 10. I just mean drop back ability. So if I were to say it was a 10 out of 10 RPO passer, let's just do some math. Uh, yeah. 10 out of 10 play action passer. And then a three out of 10, what is that? 23 out of 30. Like we're still yeah. shooting at a high clip percentage wise. I just think it's just not in his bag to drop yeah. back pass on third and eight. It's just something that he hasn't, Mark is young as hell still like yeah, he, he is. by by senior year. Yeah. They'll give him the reins. He'll have yeah. certain checks. He'll break a huddle knowing that if he sees somebody roll down, he's going to the other side and he's telling that back to move. It's a sophomore. Like he's still a, a, a baby boy in a sense of like, yeah, hasn't had to expand his horizons really. It's like, Hey Mark, we know you do this. Well, this is what you're going to do Saturday. Go do it. Exactly. Right. I think that three is going to rise to a seven, eight by the time he gets out of there. But right now I'll just, instead of third and 12, I'll go to third and eight. He don't necessarily have that in his bag to boom, hit a timing, a dig in the second window. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I I agree with that too. And and fortunately our offense isn't set up with that because we play to our strengths. Yeah. Being our rushing, being our rushing game, which is a great segue. I just want to highlight this real quick before the segue, Ron Lowney says, can't forget, um, Missouri State is number one in fumble recoveries, number two in interceptions in the FCS. That's because they play in the big sky. They like to chuck it up a lot more. And when you're playing teams that do that, you're going to create better odds for that. I'm not disparaging their defense. They're, they got a good defense, but we play a different style of play. So, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And that's one of Mark's strengths, taking care of the football. So hopefully that continues. The segue being the cat who didn't get off last year, who I thought was going to have a day. Uh, was Isaiah Davis. So uh, right. Isaiah Davis goes ham in the playoffs, but struggled last year. And I think the big pivotal play was that Troy Anderson, you know, he devoured his stiff arm, took it and buried him. And I, we, the Jack's fan base was kind of stunned by that. Um, not that we didn't think he, that would ever happen, but I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, Thomas, you were there, you kind of felt the momentum of that. Obviously, we're still riding with Zay. What do you think about this year and prospects coming into this game? Uh, coming into this game, I mean, Zay, uh, we asked a lot of him last, uh, last year during the playoffs, right? Like, he was kind of rehabbing and trying to get back as soon as possible. So, like, the second he was ready to play, he was playing. And, like, we were like, hey, we got to lean on Because, like, you know, as well last year, like, P had a little nagging injury as well. So, I mean, you know, just a lot of trying to kind of even guys reps out and kind of get our best players out there and, well, I'm not gonna lie, you. Troy Anderson is a dog. Like, yeah, like that. All that did for us, like uh, in the huddle, it was like, you know, oh man, like this dude's legit. Okay, let's get back to business. Like we played legit guys before, right? Like, yeah. you know, you've played Nick DeLucas, you've played, you know, yeah. obviously. I'm not trying to, you know, say Troy is anywhere. Like he's a beast, right? Yeah. But I mean, they've seen great players already this year, right? Yeah. So I mean, all it's gonna come down to is I think running the ball like they. 
their defense last year kind of struggled with, you know, NDSU's gap scheme and when they started going inside zone and all that kind of stuff in the uh, championship, right? Like Tommy was hurt in that game for sure, but their defense didn't play all that great. No. All jokes aside. like With a, with a, a head coach who has intimate working knowledge of that offense too, you know, because right. so, for those who don't know, Coach Vegan, head coach of Montana State, came from the North Dakota State tree. Um, I believe he played there too. Um, and then – Obviously, went to Wyoming with with my former coach, Shannon Moore, on the staff there as well, and then ended up at Montana State. Now, I think the interesting thing is not just Troy Anderson. They had some other dogs on D. Uh, they have Callahan, I believe, is it O'Reilly? Big Irish name, some, something to that effect. Uh, but he, number 47, Callahan. Yeah. Yeah, Callahan. Uh, he's a baller. Uh, he's a stalwart there, kid from uh, locally from Bozeman. Um, you know, he'll, he's playing in potentially a, a final game. So, you know, you want to see, you want to see what happens. And, you know, I, I don't know who DJ is, but, but he's coming with this, with the smoke. He wants all of it uh, in this comment here. Vegan always beats the rabbits. You know, he did have our number at North Dakota state when I was there, I was, you know, three and one, but we're not keeping record of that just receipts. So, uh, I mean, when we look oh, at the game, like, hey, that's the first time I lost to Montana State in my career. Stop it. What is there, you it there you go. There you go. There you go. I want to I want to touch on Zay struggling last year. I mean, yeah. you know, me, me and me and Thomas are a part of a generation, unlike you, Kyle, where I think we're hung up or we pay a lot of attention to social media. Um, right. We live in a bet. I got you society. Like, yep. don't think that Isaiah doesn't know what the hell happened last year. Don't think that he hasn't Bingo. seen that play surface on social media. Like, first opportunity he gets, he's going to crack somebody in the mouth, like, early. Right. And I think that's how you – I think that's how the Jacks work. Like, they want to do that. So, I think it, that's the part of social media that works to our advantage. Like, he sees that play, and then you got guys like, hey, Virgin's always got the Jacks number. And it's like, all right, bet, I got you. Watch this. First down, first quarter, <laughs> off, the, off, the, off the rip, we're letting this thing go early. So – I mean, I yep. think that with Isaiah struggling last year, it helps a lot. And that's that's where we got to give you credit on that too, Stone, because, I mean, like I told you in in, in the uh, when we were in the huddle before going live, we had uh, we had our biggest spike, I think, in traction when we were getting this podcast going um, when we had a little we had a little friendly banter going back and forth where you slayed the big fish, right? The big fish in the conference back in the spring season, uh, just putting it on. North Dakota State and really ending that that long running streak they had going and then you gave us a great opportunity for some bulletin board material so for that we thank you and then you know you, you had a hilarious meme uh 44 to 3 you know the boys came to play but then in the quarters in the spring season you came to play man like you had we were nervous because of how quickly you got got rid of the ball you were getting rid of the ball quickly what's the strength of the Jackrabbit defense well it's their pass rush um, and, and so, I mean, that was, that's something that I'm glad that I don't, I don't really know that Tommy has in his repertoire right now, because you can nullify a pass rush with that. Talk about how kind of that goes and, and maybe shed some light on that big fish. Coming. Yeah. So I guess, I, I guess I'll, I'll start with that. So yeah, it was North Dakota state we take down and then it was Northern Iowa. We took down we both ranked at the time. And I had said, yo, those that's mantle. Like, those are two teams that are hanging right up on the wall, and I knew we had South Dakota State the following week, and it was like, every time I got into a press conference, man, this was my biggest thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm what, 19, I'm 18, 19, 20 years old. This is what I always told myself. One, there's not enough light shed on the FCS in the first place. And two, like, I feel some type of way. And whenever you go to a press conference, like, what the hell are the people there for? Like, what are the people asking you questions for? Like, what is he? This guy's just getting a paycheck if he asks me what I saw on the defense, and I say, Oh, it was a great job. The offense looked good. I love what they no, fuck that. It's what <laughs> did the defense give you? What did the defense give you that enabled you to hit the post ball? So I'm going to break it down. I'm going to say this safety was rolling down. This was that. We beat North Dakota State's ass at home, and Northern Iowa handed him the loss. There's two big fish. It's going right on the wall. So as a Saluki fan, for the ones talking mess on Twitter about those two wins, they're like, I love this. I love this. We just took out two big fish, and he. You go get a beer with your bro, and you're like, two big fish, man. We got, and then we got South Dakota State. Let's kick their ass. It's like there's a reason to do all of that stuff. None of that was like methodical. None of that was like, no. I did it. It was like that's two big fish. That's what it was. And we had, a, and then somebody asked me right after that, 
Um, do you consider yourself a big fish? And at that time, we were full of seniors. Our roster was stacked with seniors. So the physicality we brought, like bringing in a running quarterback on second and six to go pick up six and, and give us a new set of downs, like we were physical as hell. We were big fish. And yeah, we ended up getting curb stomped to you guys. But yeah, yeah. that was part of that. that. That was that was part of the whole thing. But I'm I'm really I feel some type of way about guys who don't say anything in press conferences yeah. because then what do you go do? You go to the locker room and you send a locker with somebody and then all the good stuff comes out. And no, they watch out. the game yeah. too. They, yeah. they watch the game yeah. too. They want the good stuff. Give them the good stuff. This is the stuff that we all watch and we all want to talk about. Don't do it on Twitter. Do it when you have the opportunity to. Yeah, no, I think that's why – I think that type of authenticity is why both of you guys, Stack and Stone, you have like – have such a draw like I mean people want to listen to this they don't remember the crap that I did or didn't do in in school they want to hear fresh (laughs) takes from guys who are close to the game um living in the social media era because you get it and it's it's more exciting it's more uh it's more brash right so I think one of the things I really liked about you know what Southern Illinois did it really challenged us defensively um through the air And, and you saw last year what happened right like I didn't think there was any way in hell you guys were going to come back uh, from – what were they down, Thomas, like 21 was, points? Yeah, it was like some like 19 points or 20. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And it, that just shows you style of play and time of possession. The more the game changes, the more it stays the same. Run the ball, play good defense, and, and you'll get off. And that's what both, both – three teams want to do that that are left in the semifinals. Three teams. U- UIW wants to just take you to the track and outrun you, right? See if they can't see what your endurance is like. We're going to pound. We're going to beat you through the air. We're just going to give you that air raid. But, you know, MSU and North Dakota State and the Jacks, they all want to control the clock, play great defense, play good special teams. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what North Dakota State's answer is going to be to, uh, you know, the whole track team deal. I know. Uh, living out in Fargo, they got a few guys coming back. So, like, they've had their defensive line has been a little banged up. I know uh, one of their starters <laughs> is about to come back. I don't know if it's this week or if they make it to the championship, it'd be then. But, I mean, all-conference guy. Um, I'm, I want to see how they play up front, truthfully. Because, like, I don't know, you know, they had a – IW had, a, like, a little shootout, you know, last week. And I don't know. Like, North Dakota State not trying to do that. Like, they're trying to – all right, let's have a six-minute drive here, power, power, outside zone, QB counter. All right, have a good day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, yeah. on that, Thomas, like I'm curious because you're, we all agree that North Dakota State doesn't want to get in a track meet, but Incarnate Word will have no problem with North Dakota State going on 10, 11, 12, 13 play drives, 80 yards down the field and milking eight and a half minutes worth of clock. Because Lindsey Scottenham can score three plays later. And it's like basic – if that's going to be the case, like North Dakota State's going to be the team that's going to have to keep up. I said this on our podcast, FCS Nation. Incarnate Word's built to play from behind. They've done it all season long. Yeah. They have no problem doing it. North Dakota State is not built to play from behind. Like it's just not something they can do. If Incarnate Word jumps out to a 14-0 lead, please, anybody, tell me how North Dakota State gets back into that game. Yeah, they would, they would hunker down, lock in, and continue yeah. to – run the hell out of the ball but cam miller ain't built to take go 50 yards in, in two and a half minutes like he it's just not in his duffel he can't do it and that's where it's curious for me like Lindsey scott hasn't started off games really well in the playoffs um so if he does and they get out to a lead i, I think there's going to be a real problem for north dakota state because they are not built to come back from Absolutely. behind and score quickly man you hit the nail on the head there because like in I was trying to be respectful to SAC as much as I could, but man, they were just a, they're a fraud. SAC state was a fraud. And that's not, that's not to trash the guys who left it all out. there. <coughs> that's just their style of play is high school defensive style of play that my little brother played at Redlands East Valley in California. They don't want any in the box. They don't want any of that. They get, they're going to give you smoke and mirrors with, outside backer blitzes to try to confuse quarterbacks, but guys like you who get the ball out quickly, just toast it. Look at Lindsey Scott Jr. He hung 60 on him. It's like, but then you hit the nail on the head when you're talking, you know, uh, Cam Miller, like the, the Bison have been so lucky. That's not to say they're not good. They've been so damn lucky over these past 10 years. They get everybody at home. They don't have to travel on the road. I was, I was mildly hoping they would have to go on the road just to travel, but honestly against a fraud like that, 
I'm glad UIW is going in to play on turf. Because we're going to see what they're made of. We're going to see what that metal's like. We're going to see what Cam Miller can do if he can rise up and pull one out of his tail. Because I just don't think he can he can go shot for shot with them. So you you hit the nail on the head there. And and quite frankly, no knock on Mark. I don't want him to be in a position like that either. Because I don't think that we can just take tops off. We're not really built like that. Um, so it, it's interesting to see again. It football is chess, not checkers, and it's matchups. And uh, it, it'll be fascinating because I think the biggest thing you're seeing is, is Mark is just a winner and so is Tommy Malat. Where the rubber meets the road, Tommy Malat has put up 652 more yards of total offense than Mark. That is a, I mean, that is a huge disparity. So we're going to see now, is that a function of playing NAU, a down EWU? Um, I think they played Moorhead State or somebody early that it's like a non-counter. Um, and we played Iowa and we ran the Valley Gauntlet. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, the rubber meet the road. Any thoughts on that? I just think, yeah, yeah. For, oh, my bad. You got you got No, go go ahead, Stack. Go ahead. I'll play off of you. Uh, I was just going to say, like, you know, kind of with with Mark, like, there's a lot more going on there, right? Like, you have two really dynamic running backs. Like, not to say, you know, uh, Montana State's running back game is crazy. But, like, Tommy's, like, probably, like, their number one guy where they want the ball in his hands to rush. Like, and truthfully, like, no discredit to Mark. Like, he's not our best runner. Like, easily as is. Or Amar, you know. But, so, like, I feel like you can't be, like, oh, like, yards of total offense. Like, it's kind of, like, that's hard to say when you have, like, guys that you need to get the ball in their hands, like, running the ball for us, right? Like That's a I, good point. I Yeah, just, just bringing that stat out there it kind of stood out to me when I was doing the differential because, to me, they're very similar players. But no, that's a great point. Uh, Stone, what's your take on that? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I love that. I just, <clears throat> I think both of these squads are going to try to be stubborn, right? They both think they're the hottest team in the FCS. They both think that they're, it's their game to lose. But I picked South Dakota State and my reason was Mark. And I, I think that if South Dakota State can bow up defensively, and heat Tommy up on early downs. And I said this, this goes to North Dakota State and Incarnate Word too, but I think it also translates to this game. If the Jacks want to heat Tommy up on first down and put them in weird down and distance situations, I don't trust Tommy Malott throwing the ball as much as I do Mark. I, yep, I just like, I, I mentioned, I'm, I, and, and it's funny, it almost sounds hypocritical because I said I don't think it's in Mark's bag, but in a semifinal game, it will be in Mark's bag. He's, he's more of that he's more of that dude than I think Tommy is. And that's not an, I think Tommy's a gamer as well, but yeah, I think if they're both trying to be stubborn, South Dakota state's going to come out on that one on top. If they want to try some of that QB power, some of that zone read stuff and, and run on first and second down, then I don't think that they're going to have as much success because South Dakota state's going to play some man coverage, which is not in the repertoire as much. Tom, you can speak to this more, a, a lot of it's zone and a lot of it's kind of rotating defense in the back, but I guess it's Montana state team. I would play some man. I would load that box up and say, hey, Tommy, show us something that you haven't showed anybody all season long. We're talking about a kid who threw the ball 11 times in a quarterfinal game in the FCS playoffs. That, that shouldn't scare me at all. If I'm South Dakota State's defense, it's all right. I'm going to stack that box, play a lot of man, and you got to come beat us because throwing he's that spin. ball 11 times, he's that spin. ain't going to do it. Yes. That ain't going to do it. That's why we brought him on. That's why we brought him on. You'll get, you get your check in the mail. You taking IOU? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That there is as good as cash. Um, so, yeah, you know, you have you have an interesting dynamic because I think last year, I think we did put up – Thomas, you correct me. We did put them in man situations, and they just got lucky on those 50-50 balls. We were, we were playing a lot of four zone. Like, the whole game was a lot of zone. Like Yeah, like more, quarters, more, you're saying? Yeah, and, like, yeah. I know, like, Coach Rogers, like, he not – since he's the one, like, running the show now, I'm sure it's going to be a lot different. It'll be just, more exotic too, because you know yeah. he's a wizard and he will he's gonna throw some stuff out there that they haven't seen. Right. We trying to get our best players one on ones and say, like, hey, like if you think like cause they have like what is it, like four all conference guys on their O line or something. Like, okay, like if you say he's that guy, here's ninety nine. I want you to block him by yourself. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I mean when you when you trying to, you know, you have like half of the first team Missouri Valley D-line for our D-line right now, right? Like, get them one-on-ones, send some pressure. Like, mm. truthfully, I don't know how he'll deal with that, like Stone said. Let's Just be objective, though, real quick here, Stack. 
the run fits last week were a little suspect. I mean, they just were not the greatest. Uh, it it was like from what the plays were like uh, that big one, that first big one that he hit is like this is why football, like, as Coach Dig would say, you know, it's like it's a fickle game because it like is. it's literally like <laughs> two inch difference. Like where like one of our D tags supposed to wrap to is a two inch difference. Mm-hmm. Right? So then like someone else gets blocked. Like in it, it was a great play by them making a it was play. good design. There was too much window dressing that I think Savian kind of fell for because he he hasn't had a ton of reps like Bach. Bach is literally getting his legs back underneath him from a from a fibula fracture, but he's gonna he's gonna be hitting it again. Got his feet wet, you know. He's an X factor specifically in the quarterback run game. He saw Tommy last year. You know, he was a young pup as well. Um, you know, and so it'll be it'll be interesting. I think it was a good wake up call to be honest, because Sluke is a good player, man. Like Sluke is a good player. I you know they want to overhype his ability passing, and let's, let's not get too carried away with that. Um, but right. he's a great tune-up, and again, I'm going to get on my guy Ben, who said, you know, in no disrespect to Holy Cross, but it's a great, uh, it's a great analogy. They were MSU light, MSU light for the Jacks last week was Holy Cross in terms of what they were trying to do. So now that's nice, right? And so you look at Montana State last year, knocked off the number one seed, friend of the pod, Dustin Helton. Sam Houston was a joke. I think that's what that reads. Um, and you know we oh, feel. Oh, you talking about Sam Houston last year? Yeah, we feel that way. You come know? on, dog. Like, yeah, like come on, don't go here and chat, bro. Come on. We got frauds all over the place. Right. For what? Zach and Sam Houston, right? Um, so we had to get those out there. Um, you know, and we we did show another stat for those listening. Vegan is thirteen and five all times all time against the Jacks, and eleven and five. And MSU is 11 and five against the Jacks all time. So he's talking about, he's talking about wins from like 2000. Let me think. <laughs> yeah, this is back in 1946. On, bro. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's all what have you done for me lately, right, guys? So, talking about ancient history. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to touch on the uh, Sluka stuff and the ability to stop a running quarterback. You know, this is a tale of two different tapes here, but Sluka did do damage um, last week. And I think it's easier, and, and, and Stack, tell me if I'm right or wrong here. I guess we'll go head-to-head with offense versus defense. But I think it's easier for a defense to make adjustments. I think there's more you can learn from that game film than Montana State can learn watching Holy Cross's game game tape. Like, if Montana State's watching Sluka and how they did a lot of the quarterback power and a lot of Sluka's legs, they're like, okay, we can hit on this. They like to do this, that, and this. But it's just a simple – I put more stock into South Dakota State making the adjustments more so than Montana State just mimicking what Holy Cross did. I think it's easier right. for the defensive side. Uh, I think, you know, because, like, you could just drill it all week, right? Like, because I'm going to see it. That's it, it. Like, all week long. Yeah, because quarterback power or counter or whatever is going to look the same every single time for the most part. You know what I mean? So I can't like as a but in, offense, the, in the offensive side, you got to put up put in different wrinkles up front and stuff like that. And when the defense knows they're making their stone. Yeah, you gotta guess yep. what this dude's thinking and what his read would be and how he'd react to that. Like when yep. it's like when you're reading like what the offense is doing, is like, oh, like, yeah, this is power. Like I'm getting a back block here. Okay, like I need to be here, you need to be there, you need to be fitting right here. Right. Yep. Yeah, and you know, yep. you guys you guys will both like this from different aspects of the game. What I love is when there's a lot of trade shifts and motions from a former tight end, right? Because what that allows me to do is see coverage instantly. If you travel with the motion guy, I can understand maybe your man over here with following the tight end, following the receiver. If you motion the back out, I can see how you're going to cover him. You know, if we keep keys and reads and then you force and stress you know, there was some BS like fake flipping. I knew they weren't going to give the rock to the running back and Saluka would just take off for like three or four. And, you know, it's QB scrambles are not an offensive strategy. They're just not. And so I think Holy right. Cross last week was relying so much on him being the best player on the field. And I think they maxed out that. Right. So now this week we're getting more into scheme. Now, in terms of the red zone, they don't they don't execute at as at as high of a clip as the Jacks do. Now the Jacks stubbed their own toe last week, not executing in the red zone. So it'll be interesting to see play calling. You got a young play caller who maybe you played against Stone. I'm not sure, but coach Luan uh, for the Jacks, who has really done a great great job progressing. He was a quarterback for the Jacks in the 
mid when we were freshmen. It would have been when we were maybe freshmen. when you were a freshman. Oh, okay. um, but then, then uh, yeah, he's done a great job of play calling this year. I would have liked to see him be more consistent in the red zone when we were in plus territory because he we got cute. I think you're trying to get Tucker more involved, get him in rhythm, one on one balls, and, and quite frankly, I think the refs were frozen. Their flags were stuck in their pocket and they just, I, I like when they let them play, but some of those started to get a little out of hand, right? Yeah, some in spots was crazy. So okay. this week, I mean, we tried to run right down their throat last year in the red zone and to no avail. So it will be interesting to see what gives in this contest. What are your thoughts there as far as that goes, Stone? Like what teams need to do in the red zone to get people in coverages or matchup advantages that they want? Yeah, I mean, I think South Dakota State holds the advantage there. Um, and I think that's because of how strong their RPO game is. I, I think you saw it on display with Yankee, but obviously Montana State, I think they'll be aggressive defensively in the red zone, and you're going to try. I, I hate coining the phrase stack the box because a lot of people throw that around but don't actually know what it means. But you'll try to get numbers. You'll try to get numbers up front, and that's when Mark needs to execute. Mark needs to get outside the hash. He needs to hit things second level in the RPO game. I think they have a deeper RPO bag than Montana State does. So, I look for Mark to kind of be the key and execute some of those, some of that RPO game in the red zone. That's how they're ultimately going to score. It's all about execution at that point. The red zone, dead zone, man, it's not easy. There's not an answer to scoring in the red zone. It is statistically the hardest thing to do in football. But I think Mark going, uh, um, executing some throws deep down the stretch needs to happen. How about you, Stack? When you're looking at the other side of the ball and you see the window dressing, what is it to you? Oh, Obviously, man. you're on the D-line, but overall. I, I mean, yeah, but, like, because, I mean, if you watch a lot of film, like, a lot of times, like, you'll look and you think, like, oh, like, this is what's going to – like, because let's say, like, if it's fullback, tight end, land tight end, it's like, oh, this is counter all the way. And then, like, when they shift around, start doing other stuff, now your mindset's got to be like, oh, uh, okay. Like, now I just got to play and read my keys because, like, now I can't be Mr. Genius. Oh, I watch film. This is what's coming, right? So I think that's yep. a lot of what – that's a lot of what that essentially does, just like kind of knock you off your square for a second. Exactly. And then one thing that's, that's you know, more the game changes, the more it stays the same, you got to tackle. So just get there, gap integrity on both sides. I mean, these are both very disciplined teams. They're very similar. They want to do the same things. All three of the squads that like to run the ball and play good D, like we talked about. Um, I think the thing for me is they do want to influence the D line, though, like trap, counter, power, trying to get you upfield, get you off your spots. Um, and then just beat you at the point of attack. So um, I'd love to see the not, 605. Sorry, you're not you're not beating the Jacks team to the point of attack. Like it's just like you're this ain't this ain't the big sky. Like you're not you're not getting that push Ooh. off the ball right off the rip. There's there's Ooh. no way if that's your oh, that's no, what fine. I talked. That's what I meant by both teams being stubborn. Like they will try to do that. Right? They're in the, they're in their pregame meeting talking about beat them to the point of attack. South Dakota State's not even talking about that in the meeting because that's what they do. That's their bread and yeah. butter. So I, that's yeah. that, that's what I think. Both teams are going to be stubborn, and this isn't really going to want to work. Before we move on, dude, I, I, I definitely wanted to uh, unload the clip on Andrew. I just saw a comment. I did get a chance to read it. All right. Here, um, mm, this is tough here. Right here? I, I, no, it was his 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 other one. His, his gotcha. Tommy. All right, you go ahead. Okay. But he's wrong. Hey, he's wrong about that, too. Oh, the body of Body to Tom, Tom, what the hell does this even mean? What <laughs> explain explain this to me if we're talking about Tommy Malott taking a drop back on a given passing down and throwing the ball up 50-50. We've gone through literally here, we've gone through weeks in FCS Nation and Kev dropped the boat. And I've seen it on Twitter a bunch, like Montana State's really good at 50-50 balls. What the what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Explain a 50-50 ball. You, can, you can't – like being good at a 50-50 ball, again, not a strategy. There's not – like there's a thing called if he's even, he's leaving. Like if he's even, yeah, you can let it go. Yeah. But Tommy's not even determining if he's even, he's leaving. It's a 50-50 ball. Like he'll let me flip a coin. And if he, so, Tommy, so, so Tommy's really good at flipping coins. That's, that's what yeah. this comment means. He's really good at flipping a quarter and seeing if it lands heads or tails. I've seen it all over Twitter from Montana State. It's like we're really, we have a really strong like 50-50 pass game. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. That basically means that your coach doesn't want to give him a progression concept where we got an 18 to 15 yard comeback and we got a crossing and we're going to blow out that safety with the seam. So if I see that safety get, if, if that safety bails and I'm going to hit that crossing route in time, 
No, y'all don't have that. Y'all say we're going to throw a go ball to the outside or we're going to run four seams. I, I, I can't believe that Montana State fans hang, hang their hats on having a good 50-50 ball pass game. I don't even – it's not a real thing. And uh, that guy there that a lot of those 50-50 balls are going to is playing on Sundays now, right? So yeah. it's like there's some great players there. <laughs> yeah. Those are some guys that can make some plays that yeah. not your average big sky wide receiver can make. Yeah. Not to say anyone's average yeah. or anything. But I'm saying like these aren't guys you're seeing walk through FCS programs every day. Right. Yep. So, and now, and, and now the Jacks have some of those guys too. And not to completely, you know, bury Andrew here. Sorry, buddy. We appreciate you tuning in. <laughs> but, but what Stone just did is what you would call getting bodied by dissecting that comment. Um, but Tommy did body the Jacks a little bit last year in the run game. I mean, we cannot, we cannot, you know, just poo-poo that fact that he got off. Um, so I mean, it's it's plenty of fuel to the fire to make sure that doesn't happen this year. Um, moving into the phase that nobody loves to talk about, but is necessary special teams, you know, the Jacks have hurt themselves. I don't know how much special teams you've watched this year, stone of, of, of teams in general, but, uh, we got a great specialist in Hunter Dustman who, who does it all. Um, and he's really upped his game won won a couple games for us at UNI and then also at North Dakota state, uh, in a, in a huge comeback win that, uh, was, was unbelievable, showed a lot of grit. And really turn the season. Um, Montana State, they got some pretty good special teams too, but they've been a little, you know, iffy. In our return game, South Dakota State, uh, we have home run hitters in the punt return game. Kick return game is pretty good as well, but we got to secure the rock. Do you see any uh do you see any advantage one way or the other in the special teams units? Oh God, I don't know if I have a definitive answer. I don't know if my answer should necessarily be trusted in a spot like this, but I think. <laughs> I think a team who's had more blunders on the special team side of the ball is going to have them cleaned up in a semifinal spot because they got more film to watch. And I, I, that's me saying nothing wise. So I, I wouldn't really have anything um, here. Both of these teams, no stranger to be in the playoffs. So these special yeah. teams coordinators have been here before, done that before. So they're harping on it. I, I, I don't know. I, I hear Montana State and special teams, and all I can think about is that Weber State game when the, kids, yep. the kid obviously was paid to throw the game somehow as a long snapper. But uh, – <laughs> I, I mean, other than that, no, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily have um, much to be trusted when it comes to special teams. I'm sorry. <laughs> Understand? No, that's cool. Um, oh, they got a dynamic uh, kick returner. They uh, do. That guy, that guy's legit. He reminds me a lot of Yankee. Yeah. Maybe it's just because he's white. I don't know. Don't want to be racist. <laughs> but uh, I, mean, I, I think he's a baller. From what I, I mean, I only watched last game and I thought he was legit. So. Yeah, Stacks, you're gonna have to weigh in on this one. This is relevant, right? A lot of weather. A lot of stuff like that. What's it like playing on that surface? Understanding Montana State surface is they're used to that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 depending on what the weather is, right? Like if it's like snowing like how it is right now, it's gonna be like clear off my space before I put my hand in the dirt. And now like everyone's steps are a little bit slower, you know. Uh, if we could get it cleaned all the way off, I mean like, bro, we should be ready to go. Right. Both teams like you're used to this, like you practiced in this, like, you know, what the game is So like, I don't expect there to be a whole lot of if anyone either side is saying, like, oh, well, the weather this or the weather that like you're wrong. Like you should, because these guys have been practicing in this and playing this type of stuff for years. And I don't think that's an excuse at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that stack. Um, It does have me. What, what's the what's the temperature going to be like 14 last time I saw it's going to be there. And it's so like when it's rainy. Oh my God. And nine probably feels like negative five, but what's, yeah. what's interesting to me and Vegas, Vegas says in the sports books, have done a pretty good job. I think pegging some of these over-unders and some of these spreads throughout the playoffs so far, but this over-under sitting at 60 and a half and it's snowing like hell. And it's five. I picked 31 to 30. A lot yeah. of that, my oh. total and my predictions was based off of, Hey, I'm going to trust Vegas where this point totals at. But I don't yeah. know if both of these teams are going to keep the ball on the ground, how they get to 30, how they combine for 60. I don't know necessarily how that gets done. And I guess I just haven't been paying attention to that forecast as much because I don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. But, God, that, that's interesting. That's, that's, a, that's a good – it's a good no, – some subtle ones. But that's a, big, that's a big deal. I don't know how these teams touch 30. Yeah. So, for, for me, I, I could see it going both ways. You know, I, I thought it was 65 at one point. 
or maybe I saw it as 65. I'm a little dyslexic in my old age, but uh, you know, it looked <laughs> like 65 and I, I personally see 31, 30, 33, 30 potentially. But if it does get to be that, I think it's a function of tackling big dudes being hard. Yeah. It's hard to tackle big dudes in cold weather. The Jacks are violent tacklers. I'm sure Montana State is as well um, because they're used to the elements. But I just don't – I mean, we should, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Chambers. He's 235 pounds coming over from Wyoming as well, and they're going to they're gonna run him. So, I mean, Isaiah Davis is an absolute hoss, right? And then change of pace on Mark Johnson. I mean, he's getting off as well. And then you got Mark, who's 235. I mean, we, it's it's going to be <laughs> – if you love the purity of old school football in the snow outdoors, why would you not tune in for this one at 3 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN2? I was about to say, yeah, 235-pound running back. Like, brother, like, these <laughs> guys tackled Hunter Lukey this year. They played against you, and I'm like, I, ain't nobody worried about that. Now, and it all starts up front, right? So it all starts up front. Vegan knows how to coach up tight ends. He knows how to coach up offensive lines. Very similar group here. We do have a very athletic offensive line in, in the Bobcats that they're bringing into Brookings. 605 Hogs. They didn't get as much push as I, I thought they would get last week against Holy Cross. Now, they had some good good guys on, on the defensive line. But, you know, what are we thinking here as far as the 605 Hogs rising up? Well, I mean, granted, like, the, their interior guys are actually really good, like, from what I watched. But, I mean – these guys see really good dudes all the time. You know what I yeah. mean? Like North Dakota State has some great interior play with how fresh they keep their guys. Uh, you know, I'm not going to pick any defensive lineman over Mason McCormick in the FCS. I will not do that. And, like, I will stand on that. Like, I have okay. – he's just shown all year. Like, if we're – if you're running behind Mason McCormick, like, I'd like for anybody, Montana State, whoever, to show me a play of him really getting out physical, like, ever. Yeah. Like in the last two years, I'll say. Like he's been playing at another level this year. And I'm already knowing like he's a captain. He's gonna he's a leader of that group. He's gonna get the guys rolling. You got Garrett Greenfield, another all-American. I think our offensive line can do something. I they know what's on them. They can do something special, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's gonna it's gonna be contingent on the other guys, right? More than likely. You know, you know what you're gonna get out of Greenfield, you know what you're gonna get out of Mason. Now it's up to the Gus Millers of the world, you know, playing center. He really dialed in his snaps. Can he can he get his eyes up and, and check any type of cross blitzes come in, any type of exotic schemes? Can we set the numbers right like we have for the most part the, re the remainder of the year? It'll be interesting to see. Just want to highlight this point Andy White makes because the, 200, the 2014 game against Montana State in the playoffs, very similar elements, right? Uh, Zenner went off. Uh, it was like a 45 – plus scoring day, predominantly on the ground. Um, and we haven't talked about turnovers either. Both these teams like to create turnovers, like to feast on turnovers. Um, and someone up here in the comments also put that Tommy Malott has only has one turnover against all of the FCS. It's pretty impressive. So something's got to give. The rubber's going to meet the road here. But now when you're – but, hey, when your strategy is 50-50 balls, which they're great at, I mean, they're great at 50-50. Yeah, that's how, that's how you find yourself in trouble. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, you're also you're playing against, you're playing against I, the baddest defense the Jacks have ever had, right, from top to yeah. bottom. Like, the, the way these – the safeties have been playing, the way our – have we talked about uh, Jason at all? No, we have. We need to highlight him. Man, talk about a diamond in the rough. How the hell Wait, is he in NAIA, man? I don't know, but he run a four or five. Like he, his neck is like the size of like somebody's leg. Like I need to dude. get on his his bicep game. I haven't hit that yeah. in a while, man. He's got like bicep <laughs> on bicep. He he's an animal, bro. Like, and I think he's a big difference maker for uh, the Jacks all year. Like even with uh, Adam going down, but like you know the seeing the way like our linebackers have been fitting gaps this year. Like once like your gaps fit, like it's not going there no more. Like, there's no dance around the block. Like, offensive linemen are getting, like, collisioned at the line of scrimmage by a 225, 230-pound linebacker. And, like, that's something yeah. that you don't see a whole bunch, especially at our level. So, I mean, right. and let alone, like, the way the defensive line has been playing. You know how I feel about that. Yeah. Like, I mean, so these guys are no pushover. Like, yes, Luca had a great day, but he's a very special player. Like, I think, like, he took it upon himself to say, yo, this is on me. For like, sure. He said, this offense is not going unless I make it go. And he played that way. Yeah. He did a great job. But, I mean, to think that, you know, 
I mean, truthfully, like as a fan, you're like, oh, well, yeah, we got touchdown time. You're like, that'll do it. Like, bro, like they're going to have to play some ball if they want to win. Legitimately yeah. reminded me of Stone in the play in the quarterfinals where like literally I didn't think you were going to do shit, to be honest, Stone. Did not think. But I was nervous at how quickly you got rid of the ball. And that that's what happened. Um, but again, matchups and you <clears> played <throat> to the strength of your team in our secondary at the time was at that time was not really our strength. So, again, completely different matchup here. Guys want to do the same things. Turnovers could be the name of the game uh, in, in harsh conditions. Uh Stone, we know your prediction, 31-30, good guys. Thomas, what you got? Uh, 28-17, good guys. Okay. I love it. Run, love it. Love okay. it. They're trying to run the ball. Caleb Sanders and the boys say, no, sir, not my crib. No, okay. sir. Completely objective. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, I, I, tweeted, <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted out 33-30, I believe. Um, I think it'll be – I hope it doesn't get that. I would love to see something completely different. But, uh, you know, we should mention Afonso is playing in this one. Isaiah Afonso, great running back. He did not play He's in the nasty. last one. You know, that's going to be interesting. They Weapons, multiple running back weapons. Stone, you're definitely familiar with that, with what you guys had at SIU. They they can they can be a problem. So, you know, we're going to need to see the, the load shouldered across our three-headed monster between Amar, Mark, and, and Isaiah, and they're going to do the same with theirs. So it'll be it'll be really fascinating to see how it shakes out. Any razzle-dazzle? You guys think anything? Who's going to be the player of the game? Let's talk about that. Who's your players of the game? I like, personally, I, I think this game's all on Mark's shoulders. I, I yep. went up on uh, W53AD, uh, a Fargo network, earlier this week, and I said, whatever quarterback plays a cleaner game, and in my opinion, whatever quarterback has more pass attempts is going to win this game. I think Mark is going to execute down the stretch of this one. I think Mark ends up doing it because both of these teams are going to want to run the ball, and whoever has the six, seven memorable completions in this game that either went yard and went to the house or were just big third down conversions, like that would simply make somebody the player of the game. So I think Mark for all those simple reasons. Okay. Who you got, Stacks? Uh, Isaiah Davis. I mean, I think, you know, one thing we kind of went away from the run in the second game, I thought, and just seeing the way he's played even last week, you know, six yards of pop on the ground, like you've got a great offensive line. You got a very physical running back. Like I say – you know, you let him get his one back. Like, all right, bet. Y'all saw that play last year. Like, all right, bet. Like, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, defensively, I, I think – defensively, I think Caleb Sanders is probably going to put some put some stuff on his shoulders, I would say. Um, he's he's a hell of a player. I'd, I'd like to see what he can do really denting that offensive line like he did against Iowa. Um, and then I think, you know – you could see if Bach shows up, I know he he's just getting back. If Bach shows up and runs the field like he's capable of, that could be real tough, I think, on the defensive side of the ball. But I'm going to go with the Colonel. He's going to be cooking up something spicy. So that's my take on defense. I, I would have to agree, Stone. I think I think it all rises and falls on the level of quarterback plays. The name of the game It's why they're paid so much in the league. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, the next highest position, left tackle. Left tackle has to show up. So – Garrett Greenfield's going to be on him. It's going to be on Montana State's left tackle um, as well from that side of the ball. So those are my players of the game. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how it shakes out. Hopefully everybody tunes in. Again, it's going to be on ESPN2. Uh, you can check that out at 3 p.m. Central time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and then if you want to tune into uh, audio coverage, obviously you got the Jackrabbit Sports Network with Tyler Merriam on the call. It's going to be fun, fellas. This is this is for all the marbles, a chance to get to Frisco. Hopefully everybody tunes in tonight to watch the other one. Um, it'll be interesting as well. Hopefully uh, Lindsey Scott Jr. cooks because I think we're all just sick of that team up north. Um, <laughs> fellas, thanks for playing nice. We appreciate it. I know, I know Stax had nothing but kind things to say to you when you guys were in between the hashes. I mean, because I know, like, bro, he get, a, he get rid of the ball so fast, bro. So like, <laughs> you'll even win a rush. You're like, Damn. I know. That's so demoralizing. Because, like, you know, he's doing all that stuff and the, the theatrics and all that. So, like, you want to hit him, but, like, God, his ball's gone. Or, <laughs> you know, you I mean, that's a credit to him, bro. Yeah. There was nothing I hated more by being touched by dudes like Stack. Just hated it, man. I just didn't want you. Don't touch me. Don't don't, don't, don't get near me. And I got to do whatever I can to make that not happen. A lot of quarterbacks aren't honest about that. I hated it. 
Nah. Well, I hated seeing you pull the damn rabbit out of the hat. That was like, what? Damn, that's too good. That's too good. <laughs> so if anybody tries to copy that, we know you're just posing because you're not. An Hell owner. yeah. <laughs> well, good stuff, fellas. Want to yeah. shout out our sponsors again. Thank you to Cottonwood Coffee of Brookings and Drake's Place of Bodo, South Dakota. If you're able to get in, drive safe. Conditions are going to be tough. Um, you know, get there, be loud. Uh, we won number one seed for a reason to be able to support your seniors going out. So uh, honor them if you can. Have fun. Uh, get to Cottonwood for some coffee and some breakfast. Um, and then enjoy some ears up premium brews at the stadium, baby, because uh, you're going to need you're going to need a little warmth uh, for this frigid weather. But uh, shout out to the sponsors. And with that, go big, go blue. Go, go Jacks. Jacks. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We would also like to thank our title sponsors, Drake's Place of Bottle and Cottonwood Coffee and Bistro of Brookings. We would also like to thank our other sponsors, Dakota Iron Equipment of Sioux Falls, Shenanigans Sports Bar and Grill in Sioux Falls, and Culver's of Brookings and Watertown. And as always, Go Jazz!